Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It's a Week 17 Handicapping Edition. We're taping on a Tuesday, coming to you on a Wednesday. I'm Scott Pianowski. I'll be joined by my buddy, Yahoo Sportsbook Daily, and uh, the point guard for Friends Academy, Frank Schwab, in a minute. But let's just remind you that we're getting the numbers from BetMGM, our friends there. And if you have not stepped into the game, it's a great opportunity to do so. You can create a BetMGM account and place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. If that bet loses, you get the bet amount up to $1,000 added back to your account in free bets. You must be 21 years of age or older in the states of Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. Terms do apply. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started or use the promo code yahoo when making your first deposit. Well, I teased it earlier. Frank Schwab's my running mate here, my partner in crime. Hello, Mr. Schwab. What's going on, man? Uh, just another crazy week. By the way, filling out the lineups for a week. Like, teams that I have who made the championship round, I'm like, how we're, we we both are in old friend Brad Evans league and somehow my team, which in a playoff game, I started Davis Mills and Garrett Gilbert in my super flex somehow is in the championship round. One of the worst teams I've ever fielded into a championship round, but that's just fantasy football and football in general in late 2021. There are it just nothing is reliable. Everything's changing by the minute. It's just, it's, it's insane. I've even last year, we didn't deal with it. Maybe I'm just forgetting because I've tried to block it out of my mind, but this season just seems batty. Like, this is just crazy. And, you know, like, I, I mean, I hate this. You know, whatever we talk about today, please double check because things could change when we're talking about it. I mean, we already had, like, Carson Wentz go on the COVID list, but he might play. But maybe we're going to call Philip Rivers. I, I don't even know, but everything is just minute to minute now. And it, it just it's just insane. Yeah, yeah. I usually laugh at the yearly mention of, oh, this is the strangest season. This is the weirdest season because every NFL season is weird in its own way. But right. I feel like this is the strangest season. And this is the maybe the COVID messy season that we thought we were going to have last year. There are a lot of rescheduling of games right, last right. year. Teams, you know, their bye weeks change and stuff like that. But for the most part, people played. There wasn't this mass of, of player status changing. You didn't need... I didn't feel like for fantasy purposes, for handicapping purposes, you needed to be 24-7 news cycle vigilant quite to the extreme that I think you need to this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were a couple things last week where I, I remember one thing where, uh, you know, I, I took a shower, I get out of the shower. It's like, 
oh, Mike Williams has been put on the COVID list and one of my playoff teams has Mike Williams. So I went to go get Josh Palmer and he's already gone. Like that's how it was. Like it was just, it, that's how it's going. And this week, if you're lucky enough to get into championship round of any of your leagues, it, it stinks that you almost have to be glued to your phone because, hey, if, if this running back is out, you better be ready to go get this week's Justin Jackson because that's the kind of guy you can flip a league. Yeah, survive in advance. Survive in advance. You know, I, I don't know, other than the, the people in the NFL who are making money on it, I don't know anybody who prefers the 18-week season. I sure don't. I thought they had a great model. I don't either. 17 weeks, the playoffs with, with six teams. And, and look, I get it. The play, the playoff toothpaste isn't going back in the tube, but I just wonder if at some point the players union could say, look, 16 games was enough. You know, our bodies aren't meant to play more football games. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, I was fine with the old season. I hate, you know, I hate to resist change because it makes me feel like an old man, but... I really feel like you're correct. Like, no doubt. Like, what was wrong with the 17-game schedule? And especially, like, I could at least live with that, whatever. Okay, whatever. The playoff expansion stinks. I hate it. I, I legitimately hate it because all you're doing is letting in these seven seeds, like the Bears last year at 8-8, eight and eight, or this year we're going to love the Eagles. We really needed the Eagles in the playoffs, really. Falcons. And and I think it just screws up the, the whole one seed. It's not just the expansion because – Whatever, one extra team gets let in. It's probably not going to screw too much up. What really screws things up is the one seed in each conference has this enormous advantage. Now, we all knew the stats from whenever they expanded it to, you know, two teams getting a bye. We all knew the record of the teams that got the bye advanced to the Super Bowl a huge percentage of the time. Well, now only one team gets that edge. That percentage is going to blow up. I, You're going to go into the playoffs most seasons saying, all right, the Chiefs and the Packers got the bye. Let's pencil them into the Super Bowl. It's not It's not fair. It's not right. I don't like it. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I don't think it's ever changing either. I, I just don't know why they didn't try a, a system with two buys, and then you can get 18 weeks of programming. You yeah, can yeah, fiddle around with right. one of the buys can be tied to your Thursday night appearance. So that becomes a little bit. They had to, but wait, how long ago one was One season they did it. Early 90s buys. they tried it. Early and I don't 90s, know why yeah, they went was, away from it, but they they immediately squashed it. And it makes it. so much sense. Like, why not? Like, what, what's wrong with – Do it in other sports, college football, they do it. Nobody cares, right? Of course, of course. I mean, I think it would make the product better at the end of the year if you gave every team an extra – like you said, tied to the Thursday games, which would make the Thursday product better. And, you know, I, I get that the revenue at the stadium is not going to be the same without the 17th game, but TV is what runs the show – Fox, CBS, all these stations still have 18 weeks of programming. Sure. Like you said, yeah, there's fewer games, but that doesn't matter. They just want the national standalone games, basically. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I think 18 weeks, 16 games over 18 weeks would definitely work, and it would make the product a lot better, especially late in the season. But again, they didn't consult us on this one. Yeah, well, there you go, not. NFL. We've just given you three or four minutes of free consulting work. And now we're going to give you, uh, you know, we're going to give you 16 winners and 16 games. Normally we go to the Island games first, but mentioned there's no Thursday game this week. It's all Sunday and Monday. So we'll start with the Sunday night football game. It's a divisional rematch. The Vikings won the first showdown with the Packers, 34-31. They get going again at Lambeau. Green Bay is a six and a half point favorite. Total is 47.5. The Vikings are hoping to get Dalvin Cook back, like like just about everything else in the NFL. That's a fluid situation. We'll see if he can go or not. What's your first look at Vikings Packers? I I, I lean Vikings, although I don't trust them. But I, I just want to ask you because I look. There's this kind of pushback on the Packers now of eh, maybe they're not that great. Maybe you know. I mean, I know the advanced stats like DVOA don't love them, but this is a team that's covered a lot of spreads. They've played 
they've been a pretty consistent team. I get that the last couple of weeks they they've had some close calls. The Ravens almost won on a two point conversion. The Browns probably should have beat them if Baker doesn't lose his mind in the first half. I get all that, but I still like the pack. I still am I dumb on this? I, I hate to just deny analytics and all that, but because I'm an analytics guy, but I, I think the Packers are good. I think they're legit. I think that they're a Super Bowl contender. And just because, you know, there's some pushback on the Packers, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, th- I still think they're they're number one in my power rankings, and I, I, I stand by it. I think they're the best team in football right now. There's two different conversations here. I, I, I'm going to lean Vikings just because I think it's enough points, and I don't think Minnesota's sure. a bad football team. But Green Bay has, for at least two consecutive seasons, and it may be more than that, they've outkicked their win-loss record when you apply some of the modern metrics. And so that means one of two things. Either they're overrated and getting lucky in close games or they're doing something that isn't evaluated. They have a strength that isn't evaluated in those stats. Now, one strength they obviously have is they have an experienced quarterback and stability at a position. And we know this this year even, right? I mean, even the name quarterbacks haven't been reliable. But Rodgers, other than... He didn't play in the Kansas City game, and they obviously the whole team didn't show up on the, the Saints game week one. But I can't think of another game where Rodgers didn't play at least well. And um, right now, a heavy favorite to be the MVP, which, which is interesting. But I also wonder if maybe in the second half, they've had games like, like the Cleveland game fit this model and the, the Baltimore game fit this model where it seemed like they were in control of games and then they let the other team backdoor cover or whatever it was. And I... I wonder, I see a lot of games where Rodgers is off and running through a half and then he finishes the day with like 238 passing yards or something. Do they get too conservative with a lead? And and maybe that's why the metrics, you remember in college football, it used to be that teams would be like, well, we have to get some cred in the, in the polls. So, or, or the Sagarin rating. So we got to really lay it on, right? We got to really try to pile up the points. I wonder if maybe the Packers get too conservative when they're ahead sometimes in the second half of games. And that could lead to the disconnect between their one loss record and their metric persona. It could. It, it very well could. By the way, another thing I think we have to point out is I think Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. Like I was skeptical about him. And then even the first couple of years, I'm like, all right, well, you, you, you got Eric Rodgers, whatever. I mean, you're, you, you have pretty big edge there, but now I'm kind of on board. I, he, he does, he pushes the right buttons and yeah, they, you know, they've maybe let a couple of teams almost beat them the last couple of weeks. But I think Laf- like when you talk about, look, I, I'm a big believer in, Record in close games comes back to the mean. But I think there are some, look, when when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you're probably going to have a worse record in close games. When Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, probably got a little bit better record in close games. And Matt LaFleur plays into that too. So, yeah, I, I'll be on the Vikings just because, I get, again, it's, it's it's a lot of points for a quality team. And they already beat the Packers once. They're not scared of them or anything. But I think this whole notion that the Packers are somewhat paper champions i i push back on that pushback let's put it that way i think the packers are legit and i think i i think they're gonna make a super bowl i do i especially when i, I believe they're gonna get the one seed and i believe they're gonna go to super bowl if the vikings don't make the playoffs do you think mike zimmer can survive this no i don't and look i think mike zimmer is actually a good coach i do but i think at some point me and charles talked about this a little bit sunday in regards to tomlin some days you just need to make a change even if you're gambling that hey the next guy might not be as good sometimes the message just gets stale. You need to shake things up. And I think the Vikings have hit their peak. I think that really, if you bring back Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, you're saying, we're going to just try to go nine and eight and get into the playoffs and see what happens. And you should be shooting for more at that point. Yeah. You know, uh, you talk about Kirk Cousins and, you know, you can get caught in that quarterback purgatory where your quarterback is good. 
I think Cousins is the plus quarterback, and I'll transition. I'll roll this. He's fine. Yeah, roll this into the next game. Uh, the Browns and Steelers are the Monday night game. Pittsburgh is a three and a half point home underdog, and the total is forty one. The Browns are in a really interesting spot with Baker Mayfield because they're kind of screwed no matter what they do. I mean, if they ha- if they keep Mayfield, they're going to have to overpay him. I don't think anybody thinks he's like you know this MVP candidate or anything like that. He's obviously played through injury all year. We get that. So if they keep him, it's kind of like, well, what are you doing? You're, you're getting married to a guy who's not the answer. But if you don't keep him, your next quarterback might be worse. You know, it's, it's a yeah, weak, it might be Brady Quinn, Eric Zaire, yeah, weak quarterback uh, for Charlie drafts. Fry. You know, you you're know, not going to have Browns quarterback. The, the, the draft no. doesn't have good quarterbacks. There are only so many answers that are going to be floated in trades or free agency. It's not like that's a you know an overwhelming group. And then he has to compete with all the other teams that need a quarterback. What's the before we get into the Browns and Steelers? The the Browns are at this fork in the road with Mayfield. What do you, what do you see there? And that's the thing. It's like. I always say this, you know, everybody's like, we want to get rid of our quarterback. Okay, that's good. Great. Awesome. Now answer this question for me. Who's your opening day starter on 2022? You have to answer that question for me. If you're going to say, let's dump Baker Mayfield. Okay, I get it. He's really inconsistent. He's not turned into a star. But then you have to tell me who's your quarterback next year. And like you kind of alluded to this. Everybody thinks they're getting Russell Wilson, right? Everybody thinks they're getting Deshaun Watson. Only th- there's other teams that are going for these guys too. And also Seattle might just say, no, we're not trading Russell Wilson. They might actually wake up and remember they have a Hall of Fame quarterback. So uh, there's no guarantee that if if the Browns move on, that the the other side uh, is is greener. Uh, you know, and again, the, the rough history of quarterback through Tim Couch and Derek Anderson and all the guys they list – that that plays into this too, I think, mentally. Like, do we really want to do this again for two more decades? It's uh, being based in Denver. I can tell you, it's hard to find a quarterback. Like, it's the Broncos have been doing this year after year after year. After, it's all talk radio talks about is who's going to be the quarterback. Who's going to be? Do you really want to do that? Uh, Mayfield, I think, is fine. He's had a bad year, but I like you said, injuries. I don't know, man. I don't know what you do, but I I I find it hard to believe you can build a championship contender. If Baker Mayfield's making $25 million, $30 million a year. Like, it's just hard for me to believe. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. It's a hard spot to be in. And we know Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback. Roethlisberger, this is probably going to be a swan song at Pittsburgh. You, you know, what was it, five straight games in a row? I know last week I pounded the table and said, look, bet against Pittsburgh first half. I didn't go far enough. I, I just said bet I every- forgot. I forgot, Scott. I forgot. I didn't forget that. I did again. I, you did. You, you were on it. And I, I was sitting there watching the first half thinking about you. And I'm like... We talked about this. We talked. Why am I not on the Steelers and uh, fading the Steelers first? Day? Yeah, well, they, they didn't. It's not like they covered themselves in glory in the second half. So this is kind no. of a game of can, you know, the talent level. It, Cleveland's got a better team. I mean, they're favorite. They're favorite at Pittsburgh. This has been a big brother, little brother game for the entire rivalry, right? I mean, you know, Pittsburgh just kind of looks at Cleveland. Yeah, we always beat you guys. Does Roethlisberger still have the most quarterback wins? We may talk about that later in this podcast in Cleveland's home stadium. I believe that's still a stat that's true. I don't know if Mayfield's faster or not, but at one point it was true. Um, How do we bet this game with with Pittsburgh showing nothing? Five straight first halves without points, and now they're catching points at home against a division rival. How do we bet it? I really wonder if the Steelers ran out of gas. I I mean – Look, I, I was backing whenever I was getting points for a few weeks there, but I knew five minutes into that game, I'm like, oh, God, I'm on the wrong side. There's no way. There's just no way to cover it today, and they sure didn't. I feel uneasy about the Browns more than a field goal, but I think you almost have to. I It'd be hard for me to take the Steelers here just because they looked so bad last week, and I get it. It's it's a week-to-week league, and nothing that happened last week really matters, but I, I don't know. Maybe just 
Maybe just do your thing and fade them the first, fade the Steelers first half because that's been paying off. Um, yeah, the Steelers just look like they they just might be cooked, and it, it just they're they're try hard, they fought, but that can only take you so far, and it might have only taken them the week sixteen, and that's it. Could they have an emotional kick if it's Roethlisberger's last home game? Do you, do you buy into that at all? Maybe a little bit. I, I, yeah, you're, you might be it's something, and also. I think there's a lot of pride in that franchise, and they don't want to have a losing season. Tomlin's never had a losing season, which is crazy. They need to win one more to, to avoid that, to keep that streak going. So, yeah, I, I might change my mind by the end of the week, but right now it's just hard for me to stomach betting the Steelers again after just really getting run out of the building last week, <laughs> playing them at, 10, at plus 10 or whatever I got them at. My lean to Pittsburgh, but it's not with a, a lot of conviction. I'm not going to be making a huge bet on that game. Let's switch to the Sunday games. And we'll start with a couple of teams who both looked great last week. Of course, the Chiefs have been on a, a nice run, and it looks like they're going to get the number one seed in the AFC. And they place a Bengals team. You know, Burrow, you know, he he woke up the ghost of Dorm Van Brocklin for a minute. When's that record? You've, in a passing league, it's amazing that Van Brocklin Unbelievable. held up, Unbelievable right? that nobody's broken 554. We've had a couple. Like, I remember the big, like, 54-51 Broncos-Cowboys game. Romo, like, he went into that last drive, and if he drives all the way down field, he's going to break the record. There's been a couple close calls, but shocking that that, that nobody's gotten 554. Yeah, yet. I would have guessed that would have been broken by now. I think it's harder. I think it's actually harder to, to, to beat Flipper Anderson's record. Or has that broken? It was a 336. Yeah, that hasn't right? been broken, right? I read uh, Calvin Johnson mm, 329, no, so. I want to say, not that right. long ago. Yes, 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 um, yes. But anyway... Part of the problem is you you get up to 500, like Burrow, you get the, the 525 yards, like you're beating the heck out of a team. And you're kind of going to, the Bengals should run it up a little bit. Like, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with running it up. The Ravens ran a, you know, for anybody complaining, the Ravens side, the Ravens ran a, a meaningless play to get some stupid record on consecutive 100-yard rushing. That games, was great, so right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Play, call your, and I, I actually, I don't know if he meant it or he's just kind of saying it the same, but John Harbaugh said, you know what? They call their plays. We call our plays. Yeah, that's exactly it. If the Bengals want to throw deep up 20 with two minutes left, that's their choice. You signed up for 60 minutes of football. There's no such thing as running it up in the NFL. I'll get off my soapbox now. So I'm surprised the spread at, at Cincinnati is as high as it is because it's five at Cincinnati, which would mean, under the old logic, that would have meant uh, plus, um, plus 11 for Cincinnati and Kansas City. Maybe home field's only worth a couple points now, so maybe you shave that to nine or 10. But that just struck me as a little bit, Hide me, the total is 49 and a half. So I, I guess this is more of a, when you look at this game, you, you probably come down to one, to one of two sides. If you believe in Cincinnati, you're grabbing the points instantly. If you don't believe in Cincinnati, then then you're not. Um, so I ask you, Frank, do you believe in Cincinnati? I do. I do. And I'm going to take the points. Uh, I think that, I think it's a good team. I think Burrow's really good. Uh, we forget how hard it is to play quarterback as a rookie in the NFL. And last year, before the knee injury, him and Herbert weren't that far separated. Like, Herbert was a little better, but not much. It was like, a okay, Burrow's like a one step behind, and that's it. And then you're worried about the knee injury, but he comes back this year. He looked good. He He's a quarterback that doesn't get rattled. He takes chances, it, it, you know, calculated chances. He's not... He's not a wince. He's not just throwing it up for grabs. He's he's a guy who, you know, in the NFL, you can't be safe. You you If you're going to be a good quarterback, you have to you have to throw it into, into coverage sometimes, and he'll do that, and, and is successful a lot of times. I really, really like Joe Burrow going forward. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. And this kind of seems like a proving ground game. Like, yeah, the Bengals have had some good wins against Ravens, against Steelers. Uh, yeah, but this is kind of, hey, 
if we want to take you seriously, Bengals, you at least compete here. You you, you cover five f- for sure. Maybe you win. I, and I'm not ruling out them winning this game. I think their offense is that good. Of course, the Chiefs are playing great, but I'll be on the Bengals. I'm wondering, I'm curious if you're on the same side. It just seems like this is the type of home dog you like, too. Yeah, I want to believe in Burrow. I, you know, some, there are some of the flaws in his game. He still takes a lot of sacks, and, and sacks are as much a quarterback stat as they are an offensive line stat. He'll still throw some interceptions. Of course, as my colleague Mike Salfino always says, the ideal interception rate is not zero. I mean, you have you have to right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you have T. Higgins and you have Jamar Chase, you know, sometimes you just get to give them a chance to to do something or maybe draw a flag, whatever it is. So I I want to embrace this team because so many quarterbacks they play. This was like always the knock on Alex Smith was that he was playing like his quarterback rating was in the back of his mind on every snap. And I don't think Burrow give not, 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 maybe that's not true. And I don't mean to besmirch Alex Smith. You know, got a great career, great comeback from a nasty knee injury. We weren't sure this guy was going to live, and he made it back on a football field. Yeah. Amazing story. Awesome. And you know, I'm, I'm an Alex Smith guy, but he was a conservative player. Cousins can be a conservative player. Sometimes you have to let it rip. And I, I want to believe in these Bengals. And you know, sometimes I think we talk about Baker Mayfield. You know, and the joke was when they played Green Bay last week, it was like, okay, Mayfield interception, Rogers touchdown pass, Mayfield commercial. Okay, I wonder who's going to be the next kind of it quarterback who gets thrown to all the commercials. I don't know if Burrow wants to be that guy, but if they beat the Chiefs here, if they go to the playoffs and maybe win a game, maybe next year Joe Burrow's the face of of um, you know, the Q rating quarterback, you know, uh, advertise this, advertise that. And, and I don't mean to come down on Mayfield. He's been hurt. It, it's hard to say how good he is, but I wonder if maybe we're only we're right on the tipping point of of Joe Burrow becoming like a, a nationwide star. He really could be. It might be Trey Lance after he wins me my fantasy league title this week after I pick him up on waivers. But anyway, yeah, I think Joe Burrow is, yeah, he has that it factor where, you know, he he had that great Heisman season, maybe the greatest single college season of all time. I, I mean, he's he, it's a short list. You think about Herbert in that way, but nobody cares about the Chargers. The Chargers are just this kind of weird big market anonymous team like it's it's such an they're like a nomad team Um, because la doesn't want them i know no no la no yeah they have no fan base really it's a weird weird situation so you look at the bengals are kind of almost like the chiefs in that nobody hates the if you hate the bengals like what are you doing like the bengals have not been anybody's problem for ever and uh, like so they're kind of this like likable team that's coming up and has all these stars with this likable quarterback i absolutely could see burrow being that guy like uh, one of the it guys in the nfl like going forward and you know but it all comes out yeah he's gonna if if you win a game like this or more importantly if you win a game in the playoffs or two yeah his his profile would raise tremendous he needs a signature moment a couple other teams that have it quarterbacks the cardinals uh, coming in on a three-game losing streak and Kyler Murray, we've seen him pop up in a few commercials, was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. And now the team's kind of going in the wrong direction, but they will be in the playoffs. And the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, you know, I was worried about their offense. Well, I guess all they needed was a, a date with the football team. Washington did miss a, a lot of personnel, but man, it feels like if the Cowboys really wanted to, they could have scored 70 or 80 points in that game. But they have 42 at halftime. So they're back in business. Dallas is a five and a half point home favorite in this game. The total is 51. So I mentioned the Cardinals coming in on a three-game losing streak, and producer John mentions that for Kyler Murray's career, first two months, one weeks one through eight, he's fifteen, eight and one, straight up, and then week nine and on, he's six and fourteen. I don't know if there's anything to that. I, I think you and I might actually have a difference of opinion in quarterback wins because I think any quarterback win in the micro can be silly. I mean, Mac Jones got a win for two completions at Buffalo. We we get that that. <laughs> 
that doesn't make make sense. But I feel like in the macro, if you look at the winningest quarterbacks in NFL history, they're all the great quarterbacks. You know, um, obviously football's a team game. Any any play that's successful, somebody had the block, somebody had the run downfield, somebody had to call the play, and all that stuff. But um, I, I think. Quarterback wins to me means something. I don't know what to make of this Murray stat where he hasn't played well in the second half of seasons. Maybe there's something that maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just getting beat up. Maybe it's just timing. Obviously, Arizona's without Hopkins right now, which is a big problem. Uh, where are you on the Cardinals right now with this stat with Murray? And, and maybe we should just duke it out about quarterback wins. I, I don't want to say that they're everything. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it, Scott. I hate, I hate the stat because it hurts what I feel in my bones football is, and that's a team sport. You can't do this all by yourself. A quarterback as valuable as he is, is not out there doing it all by himself. And I've always found it so ironic that baseball, which is stuck in the past and all its unwritten rules and all that stupid stuff, they've kind of figured out pitcher wins is dumb. Like, let's not decide Cy Young Awards anymore just because Pete Vukovic had a good one-loss record in 1982. But let's actually look at like some of the other numbers other than that. Whereas football's going the other way and like, oh, John Walford went 1-0 in the playoffs last year. Well, okay. And I get it. That's micro and you just talked about that. But micro adds up too. And you go look like Joe Flacco has a pretty good one-loss record in his career. Well, was that because of him? No, it's because of Baltimore. I just, I get it. Your best quarterbacks are probably going to win more games, but I just hate the stat. I hate... I, it ignores the other fifty-two guys in the roster, and I don't like that at all. And I'm never gonna—I'm never gonna come around to this, Scott. I'm just never gonna do it. Let me make it clear: I, I, the argument I'm making for is that I don't think it has to be polarized. There are a lot of people who really subscribe to the stat. There's a lot of people who want no part of it, which it sounds like you're one of those guys, and that's fine. I, I'm saying that they're not everything and they're not nothing. There's just a point in the middle where they have some sort of value, and I'm not sure where to put that pull down. But I just don't want him to be on an extreme on, on one island or the other. That's really kind of yeah. where my stance is. Yeah, I, yeah. Any any extreme, like relying on any number, is probably dumb. But yeah, I I don't get. I, I don't understand the Cardinals. I really don't. And I'm probably going to die on this hill this week because if you listen to Sunday podcast or read my power rankings, I'm kind of pushing back on this whole Cowboys thing. Like we got through Sunday night's game, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, the Cowboys are winning a Super Bowl. They're the best team of football." Okay, you beat a depleted Washington team. You beat them really bad. You look great. But the conversation before that, and you and Andy talked about this on the fantasy show, I think. Before that, it was Dak Prescott really wasn't playing that well. We all had talked about how Ezekiel Elliott looked washed up. Does one game change all that? Maybe it does. I'm not denying that Dallas has a ton of stars and they might go on that run. But I'm still pushing back a little bit. I don't think the Cowboys, who are sixth right now, and at BetMGM's odds win the Super Bowl, fourth among NFC teams, I don't buy that the Cowboys are just going to run the table now. And I'll say this, like if we're doing the whole thing where don't rely too much on what you just saw, you got to take the Cardinals. And I'm going to take the Cardinals just based on I think the Cowboys are getting a little too much hype. And I think people are just, people are so ready to call the Cardinals frauds that this is their this is their confirmation. They got it, right? They got their evidence because they've lost three in a row. Now, I'm not saying they've looked great by any means, but I still believe that that team that went 10-2 and two is still there somewhere, and I don't think they're just done for the season. I, I think that they come out in this game, I think they cover it wouldn't even shock me in this crazy NFL season if they won because I, I still kind of believe that Cardinals are not dead this season. I, I'll, I'll happily take the five and a half, just kind of fading this whole like notion that the Cowboys are never, ever going to lose a game again. Yeah. This is part of my gambling ethos. This is, you know, part of the playbook I put together off my own beats where when 
two teams showed you extreme games last week. One team did everything right. One team, you know, the Cardinals just lost to the Lions. You know, it's the coded in shame, right? Or the two weeks ago, I guess that was. But three-game losing streak for the Cardinals. The look-ahead line on this game, I believe, was three. It was in that neighborhood, maybe three and a half. It's gone up a couple of points. So this is parade to bet the Cowboys. I'm always going to be on the other side. If I think the other side isn't a complete, just incompetent show, and I don't think the Cardinals are. Yes, they have injuries. Everybody has injuries right now. I knew when I saw this line, I was certainly going to be on Arizona because when two teams are going in opposite directions and the point spread reacts to that, everything you want to say about what just happened is baked into the line, and football is just a game of ebb and flow. It's a zigzag game. It's hard to hit your emotional and physical peak back-to-back weeks, and it's hard when after, you know, look at Tom Brady's bounce-back record whenever he plays like dirt. Almost always plays well the next week. There's a reason for that. There's just just an ebb and flow to an NFL season. I think you have to be on Arizona this week. And uh, I will say this, too, and it's something we don't talk about a ton, and I'm not honestly very good at it, but just trying to anticipate how the line's going to move. My guess is if you like the Cardinals, it's going to go up to six, maybe six and a half. And then I think it's going to get pushed back. I think there's going to be sharp money late. The pros will so, buy it then. Yeah. Yes, yes. So keep an eye on this. And if you could get six, if you can get six, six and a half, if you want to really risk it, uh, I would, I'd be, uh, that's how I'd be playing it. I'd be just checking that Cardinals line, checking that Cardinals line, pouncing when you think you got the best number, because I do think it's going to come back now. 2021, it's a little risky because we could you could bet it and Kyler Murray goes on a COVID list Friday. But I think that that's the way to play it and just keep an eye on this Cardinals because line's going to move up. I don't think it's moving down early in the week. I think that a lot of Cowboys money is going to come in between now and Friday, Saturday. Let's talk about the Dolphins and the Titans. Miami uh, just sacked Ian Book like three times since we started this podcast. <laughs> they leave the NFL in sacks now. And they're playing at Tennessee, who, man, wasn't good to see A.J. Brown spread his wings last week. They're such a different team when they can throw the ball downfield like that. Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Bet MGM Total on the low side, 41.5. Let's keep an eye on Jalen Waddell, who's pushing for the rookie reception record. You, you know, for all the talk of, oh, you know, it's, it hasn't been a great rookie year, and you know, Kyle Pitts has been a flop. Kyle Pitts is going to probably break the Dicker record for yeah. receiving yards for a tight end. I, I know it's not the same amount of games. Uh, and I'd like to see Waddle if, if he can break Bolden's record in, in 16 games, you know, not, not, not to turn all 1961 on things. But, I mean, extra game when you're only playing 16, it's a big deal. Anyway, Waddle has 96 catches. I was playing against Waddle in the fantasy semifinal. It felt like he had 20 catches Monday night. Same here. Although <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did bet two to go under his yardage total, and that was a pretty easy win. But, uh, anyway, the Dolphins, seven, seven wins in a row. It's been against mostly tomato cans. Yeah, but, you know, the Titans – they show up every week. I think Mike Rabel and, and Brian Flores are two of the best up-and-coming coaches in the league. What's your first line on Miami, Tennessee? Uh, my first lean is Dolphins, but I wonder if I'm still underrating the Titans a little bit. They got a little bit of extra rest, too. And they're just, look, when you don't have Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown, you just don't have a lot of options. There's not a lot of outs, right? Like, what are you going to do on offense? You get A.J. Brown back, and about, what was it, about mid-second quarter, all of a sudden you could see the the wheels turning of, let's just get A.J. Brown the ball as often as we can and see what happens. And my goodness, did that turn out well. I saw some stat that he caught like eight third down passes for first downs. It was the most since 1980 or so. It was some crazy stat where, but watching that game, you're like, yeah, A.J. Brown makes an entire difference for this team. So, you know, the Dolphins offense is not very good. They they struggled on Monday night. They they were really kind of lucky, I think, that Ian Book was just, he, he was an impossible spot for him. I'm not ripping Ian Book here. Uh, it was lucky, though, that they played a team that couldn't move the ball. 
I lean to Dolphins right now just because you're like, well, I could talk myself into an underdog of more than three, but I might change my mind here as the week goes on because maybe I'm underrating the Titans with A.J. Brown, who it's a different team. When you at least get one of your playmakers back, you could do some things, and they looked a lot better last week. Yeah, I, I lean Miami too because three and a half is a lot of points when the total is only 41, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the moment this line went down to three, I, I'd be – reevaluating Tennessee. And if it was two and a half, I would just pick Tennessee. So uh, where the line lands is going to depend a lot. This is not a game I'm probably going to bet on for my own purposes, but you know, for picks and stuff like that for contests, I'm I'm probably going to see where the line goes, but uh, just, just nice to see both teams playing football. Well, and your Brown, you make a great point with Brown because the big knock on the Titans when he came into the league was like, why does this guy never get the double digit target games? Why is it? Why have you decided five to eight targets a week is is fine with AJ Brown? Why, Why not target this guy off the bus? And he's there, there's just a few. There aren't many players in the NFL who I feel like you just can't cover. He's one of those guys. That, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like you know, it's like Justin Jefferson. What, what's your coverage? You saw it with with Green Bay in the first half against Cleveland. A couple times the coverage was perfect, and Rodgers and Adams were like, "Well, we're going to run this back shoulder, and you have no defense for it. Right. Good good luck right. to you." Like somebody was arguing with me on Twitter the other day because I, I think it was after I wrote that Cooper Cup has an MVP case, which he absolutely does. Absolutely. By the way. Uh, somebody was like. Oh, teams are going to figure it out and, and guard him better in the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, you don't think for the first four months of the season, teams have been like, who's this Cooper Cup guy? We've never heard of him. No, they're trying. You just can't guard him because him and Stafford are so on the same page this year. So, yeah, there's a certain amount of guys who you just are like, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, you just have to kind of mentally prepare for, okay, A.J. Brown is going to get his 100 yards at the Titans on the ball. And Cooper Cup's going to get his 10 catches. And there's certain guys like that, and he's definitely one of them. I also think it's specifically with Cup, this goes for a lot of players, but the Rams do such a great job scheming him with route combinations with oh, you, yeah. you know, with, with, with pick plays and with putting defenders in conflict where it's like you watch the genesis of how these guys get open sometimes. It's like, well, you put the defense in an impossible position. And so that's how they get what you They scheme Cooper. I think and Cooper Cup's a great player. I, I'm No way am I denigrating him. If he wins offensive player of the year, I'd be fine with it. I think he has just as much of an MVP case as Jonathan Taylor does. And if one of those guys won it, um, you know, Taylor's actually a factor in the betting market. Um, Cup is way below. He's not going to win it. I guess that's how the market's interpreted that. But I do think that his monster season is a, a big win for Sean McVay as much as it, maybe not as much as, but that's part of it is that McVay has found a science to get his best offensive piece wide open. So often. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, McVay's a great coach. <laughs> he is like people want to push back on that too. And it's like, no, no, this guy took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. He's pretty good at doing what he does. And yeah, I, I agree as, as somebody who has a ton of, I even have a Jonathan Taylor, 301 MVP ticket. I have a lot of uh, offensive player of the year stuff too. If I can't even make an argument against Cup, if Cup wins, it's like, of course, like he's to put up 90 yards every single week this year, except there was one game when he had like 67 yards. It's he's going to get 2000 yards receiving this year. And even in an extra game, that's unbelievable. And uh, organically, how many times do you see it? We talk about something that doesn't involve the game we're discussing. And then the next game, it folds into that team. The Rams and the Ravens are next on our look at week 16. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game. The total is 46-and-a-half. Uh, Daryl Henderson is done for the year MCL, but sounds like Cam Akers might get some run in this game. Of course, Sonny Michelle's been a godsend to fantasy teams. We talked about how great Cup has been. And let's also mention Mark Andrews. I, I talked about this for the, the video. Ooh. I did the tight end videos this week. 
Jonathan Taylor league winner, Cooper Cup league winner. The only other player I think belongs in the, oh my God, this, this guy swung your season if you landed on him, was Andrews, who had an ADP right around Kyle Pitts's. And I'm not here to, to knock Pitts. He's had a fine season. The touchdown bag is light. I think that's more of a Matt Ryan and Arthur Smith thing than it is a Pitts thing. But if you got the ADP was 50 on Andrews and Yahoo uh, by the close of the draft season, what a monster he's been. And again, much like A.J. Brown, it was just a matter of just getting committing targets to him. He always was a great player for 80, 85, 95 targets this year. He's starting to get those double digit target games. And Andrews has done it with three different quarterbacks. I I have a couple of shares. I'm not certainly not overweight on Andrews, but um, I just want to give him the. You know, a, a key to the executive league winner bathroom that that and, and you know um, lounge that that Taylor and Cup have been residing in because Mark Andrews belongs in that conversation too. Yeah, I think every league I have Andrews, I'm in the title game. I, I might be wrong about that. I'm in a lot of leagues, but uh, yeah, he's been absolutely difference maker. I think one guy we got to throw in there too is Debo Samuel because Debo is like a eighth, right? Like he is because everybody was going Ayuk, which made sense. He's a very really talented guy. But you know, every, Debo was hurt all last year. Everybody kind of forgot about him. So he slipped to, I can't remember, in the one main league I'm in, I got him in the seventh, eighth round. And you went after Ayuk yeah. in just about every league. Yeah, every league. And, and he's been phenomenal when he's healthy. Uh, he hasn't been healthy all year, but most most of the time, and he's made a huge impact. So I'd, I'd put him in that. The, I'd give him a key to the league winner bathroom too. One real quick thing. I'd need to say this. I think the Rams are doing Cam Akers wrong. Like, we know the history of running backs coming back from Achilles tears. It is not good. And so for this guy who's still on his rookie deal, you know, there's always this injury optimism with players, right? They always think they're Superman. They want to come back. If the Rams actually play him, I, I'll just say I hope they know exactly what they're doing because it just feels to me like this could ruin this kid's career. I, I, I Maybe I'm being overdramatic, but... When you look at this injury for running backs and how uh, Dante Foreman's like the old, really the only guy who's come back and had moderate success in the NFL from it, and that's pretty moderate. And for for the Rams to be rushing him back less than a year after he did it, it just I, I, it doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. Am I overreacting to this? Because to me, it's like you can you know the Rams could string him along and be like, yeah, yeah, just keep practicing. Maybe we'll. Somebody needs to step in and be like, no, we we can't do this to you, Cam. Just come back next year. You, you've done a great job rehabbing. We'll see you in August. I read part of the story was that him getting reinstated had to give him another year in the pension or something like that. that which would be great, with. which would be absolutely great. If that's what they're doing and he's not going to play, fine, great. But I just worry they're using him up a little bit here, and I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I'd be concerned about that too. I, I would only want if, if I wasn't a hundred percent all in on this being the right idea, I would just take my chances with Sony Michelle, who's been, by the way, been a lot better than I expected. He, a I was, lot better. I thought he was dust. I thought he was totally dust. Yeah, but he's been great. As far as the game goes itself and, and the spread, this spread kind of shocked me because how in the heck are the Ravens going to stop the Rams? Their secondary is so bad right now, to the point of like. I've again, I, I hate to keep talking about my fantasy teams. I have Van Jefferson on the bench in one of my leagues, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I might have to play him this week because who can they stop? I, I just don't see how the Rams don't score 31 in this game. I, this is uh, again, like you know, you look at some of these teams that have been traditionally great defenses, and we think of the Ravens being a great defense, but they're just so beat up, they, they're not, they're, they're not a good defense this year. Burrow just torched them. I think the Rams are going to torch them. I don't know who's even playing quarterback for the Ravens on Sunday. I, I, I don't know how, like, why is this line so low? I, I, anything under, 
I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was six. I mean, I think the Rams are that kind of just, and this is not that I'm not trying to bang on the Ravens here. They're just beat up. I, they, they got nobody to go play. Their season's fading away fast. Uh, easy Rams pick here. Yeah. Shout out to my friends, uh, Jen Piacenti, who we've had on the, the baseball videos before uh she made burrow her strongest fantasy play last week and then adam levitan who we had before the season established the run co-founder he's he's outstanding he just finished second in a a major dfs contest i think he cashed 250 i want to say 250k Uh, bent on a that was all about a burrow a burrow chase and higgins stack and he brought it back on the other side with with mark andrews uh the idea that you get both sides of a game and that the, the scoring can actually work in 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 concert so um shout out to jen shout out to, to adam who both uh made some money off off the idea that baltimore can't cover anything right now they just they're down so much personnel and there's there's no fix there i mean i, I think the spread the market is hesitant to ever get too down on a ravens team because the coaching infrastructure is so strong you know harbaugh is one of the you know five best coaches in the league i don't think anybody would dispute that but you have to have players and when you're down this many people and I think this line's going to go up. I think this is going to be like a five or six point spread by the time this game kicks off, short of any major news, you know, something like Stafford getting, you know, scratched or something like that. I, I could only take the Rams at this number. Let's move on to the Texans at 49ers. Talk about quarterbacks. Sound, sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo. They haven't ruled him out yet, but I, it sounds like injuries he survived, uh, he suffered. I think Trey Lance is going to play in this game. Uh, the Texans are they're kind of like the AFC Lions, right? I mean, nobody thinks their talent's great, but they play hard, beat the Chargers. Davis Mills has, has been solid as a rookie quarterback. I think he deserves to come back and, and see what they have with him. Uh, the Niners, as you would expect, big favorites, 12 and a half at home. They haven't always been the greatest home team, but they're big favorites here. The total is 44. What do you make Texans, Niners? I assume it'll be Trey Lance because why start Jimmy? Like what, yeah. what, what point do you be trying to prove putting, even if, if you think Jimmy can't play at some point soon, you want to save him for the, at least next week. I don't know. I don't know why this seems like the perfect spot to just say, Jimmy, take a week off. We're going to see what we got with the kid. I know they got to keep winning games, but I don't think a, a compromise Jimmy Garoppolo really helps them too much. So I'm starting Trey Lance all day here if I'm Kyle Shanahan. I don't know why there's this whole, like, Jimmy might play, might gut it out. We'll see how the week goes. I think he, maybe they're just trying to keep the Texans guessing because Lance and Jimmy are such different quarterbacks, and you got to prepare for both. I assume it's going to be Trey Lance. And for all of my optimism on him fantasy-wise, I think he's going to have a smash game here. I don't know that necessarily it's a real-life thing. What have we seen out of him, really? I mean, he, he kind of got hot in the second half in the one game he had to come in. Got the start at Arizona where he didn't look very good. And they, I, I was on them in that game. I remember being on the 49ers in that game and just thinking, they can't score. They're not going to do it. Uh, so I, I'll probably take the Texans here. They've been feisty. Like you said, since Davis Mills took over, they've been a lot more competitive. Obviously beat the Chargers last week. Uh, there's a lot of points. I don't trust Trey Lance yet. I'll trust him in my fantasy lineups, but not necessarily with my betting money. Uh, I think the Texans are in a good place here, and I think that they're at least going to keep it within 12 and a half. That's not asking too much. I'm not a big totals player, but I think this is a game that goes under. Houston's got what's called a funnel defense. They're The last I checked, they were 10th in pass defense DVOA. It may have improved after the Charger game. And there's something like 27th or, or thereabouts in run defense DVOA. Those, those stats are a week old, but they haven't changed that much after one game. And with the Niners presumably playing, you know, right now their backup quarterback, I know Lance is their future quarterback. 
I think I think Kyle Shannon says, okay, we're running the ball forty-two times here. You know, this yeah. is we'll, let's throw the ball when and we have to, including including Trey Lance getting fifteen to seventeen of those. Sure. So this could be a game that ends really early. A, a game where it's you know, I think this game could go wet, well under forty-four, and I'm not really a totals player. We uh, because we've had so many fruitful discussions, we're getting a little bit pressed for time, so we're going to try to transition to the lightning round. Falcons still alive by a thread in the playoff hunt. They, they did survive the Lions last week. They go to Buffalo, who, who hit all the right notes, slaying New England. I felt like that was the most important regular season win of Josh Allen's career. I mean, the guys won playoff games. I don't want to equate it to that, but I think Buffalo needed that. And uh, one of the PFF guys posted uh, an all-22 look at some of the throws that Allen made. Just, man, was he ridiculous last week. Uh, Buffalo's big favorite, as you'd expect, 14.5. It's a 44.5 total. Uh, I expect a little bit of a letdown for the Bills. Like you said, this was their season, and they knew it. And, you know, we've seen teams not show up, right? We've te- It happens. It's hard to get up. The one mitigating factor here is the Bills know, hey, if we beat the Falcons at home, if we beat the Jets in Week 18, we're the AC's champs. Let's not screw this up. And I get that, but I still think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown. The Falcons are not a good football team by any means, but 14 and a half, it's like... If I could talk myself into the underdog, I'm going to do it, and I think I've done it. So, not like I'm rushing to the counter or anything, but yeah, Falcons plus fourteen. Yeah, I'll, I'll have the Falcons too. Just it was it was an emotional Super Bowl for the Bills, and uh, you, you think Buffalo's big thing this year is when they've played teams that they've beaten, they've covered the spread easily, they've been a bully, so they've actually been really good in these situations. Yeah, but the point spread's jacked up. It accounts for that. You know, you're given fourteen and a half, and even though Atlanta is not respected in the metrics, I don't I don't think they're like one of these like two and you know, 15 punching bags. They're just another... They're not the Giants, game. let's say. No, yeah. God, they're not the Giants. <laughs> In fact, if, if we didn't even talk about the Giants, I, I say if the Giants skip the rest of their season, nobody would nobody miss them. I, I certainly yeah. wouldn't miss them. Nobody would miss uh, Saquon Barkley and his 28 yards, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're and their quarterbacks, you know, Jake Fromm experience. Uh, the Raiders are still alive. It's been, what a crazy year for them and, and a tragic year at times. But they're still alive in the playoff hunt. They took care of business last week. Now they go to the Colts, who have Carson Wentz on the COVID list. It's a fluid situation. Who knows? Maybe maybe Wentz will be their quarterback. Maybe Sam Ellinger will be their quarterback. Have they really discussed bringing back Phillip Rivers? We're sure Andrew Luck doesn't want to come out of requirement. Peyton Manning, so maybe have him his number. Well, any Manning will do. Cooper Manning, Eli Manning, Archie Manning. Um, I don't know how you bet a game like this, but the Colts right now are minus seven. The total's 44 and a half. Who, who's uh, who's the kid Manning? Uh, Arch Manning, right? They Arch throw, Manning, yeah, right? Yeah. Throw him out there. Maybe he could do some things. Let me ask you, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to handicap this game because we don't know Wentz comes back. I'd, I'd probably, I guess, like the Colts, even though the, Ra- the Raiders' offense has just been so bad lately that it's hard. It's really hard to take them, even though there's a pretty big line. I will ask you, if it's Ellinger, I probably, you almost have to take the Raiders just out of just out of principality. But let me ask you this because I know a lot of teams, if I have Jonathan Taylor still alive, and I'm curious about this too, how does – is it going to be an Alvin Kamara, Ian Book situation where Alvin Kamara runs like 11 times for 17 yards because teams are just like, hey, if Sam Ellinger beats us, we don't care. Go for it. JT ain't running up and down the field on us. Or is it, hey, JT's got to get 35 carries and because he's Jonathan Taylor, he's going to get 150 yards. Where do you lean there on how this quarterback change affects Jonathan Taylor, who's probably the number one league winner guy in fantasy leading up to the fantasy championship games. I feel like if there was a way to stop Taylor, teams would have done it. And I think as much as the – and it wasn't just Book. I mean, the Saints were down so much personnel. But has at what point has Kamara – I remember he was fantasy royalty last year. We had the big, what, five or six touchdown game, whatever it was. 
at what point has Kamara looked like Kamara this year? I, yeah, I don't remember yeah. him looking. And I'm not picking on the guy, but it's just he's looked like just a regular player this year. And Jonathan Taylor hasn't. I, I think even if you know Jonathan Taylor's coming, I think he's really hard to stop. Second season. And something I'm going to do next year. I'm I'm really and, and I'm I'm old enough of a fantasy player to remember when like age thirty was the red light. I, I don't I don't know if I want to proactively roster anybody on their second contract anymore. You know, or you know, here's the point I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but let me ask you this: At what point would you draft Christian McCaffrey next year? Like what pick ten? Like you'd have to, right? Like at some point you got to take the guy. I feel like I'll be less accommodating of a McCaffrey pick than most people. If we're co-managing a team, you're going to have to. This sounds crazy. Talk me into Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> it's crazy. I've talked to one of my buddies out here, Cole, or really sharp fantasy guy. We talk fantasy all the time. And we've had that conversation of where do you take Christian McCaffrey next year? And you're right. Like, there's some guys who it's just like, I took Ezekiel Elliott proactively in a lot of leagues. And it's Barkley. Like, okay. Yeah. But yes. And it's like, you have to be so just absolutely hyper focused on is this guy over the hill already it's crazy like aaron jones hasn't had a great year i mean and he's young he's on a second deal though so you'd start thinking about who's the next jonathan taylor is it javante williams is it you know i mean michael carter if they upgrade all their personnel whoever it's going to be but yeah i'm with you uh it's yeah uh, but i think i think the one guy i can't wait until all the christian mccaffrey offseason stuff because he's absolutely burned people twice in a row being the number one overall pick yeah and you talk about javante williams he's in the next game uh, the Broncos and the Chargers, the Chargers five and a half point favorites. The total is 45. I don't know if Gordon will be back next year, but um, I, I think it's going to look, I think Williams is going to be everybody's darling. So you're going to have to yeah, pay an upgrade for it, Yeah, but I, he might go early second round. He might even percolate into the first round next year. That would not shut you if Gordon wasn't coming back. Um, so that that's of note. What's your first look at Denver LAC? I want to take the Chargers. Uh, look, if, it depends a lot. I haven't seen any news on Teddy. I hope that they honestly hold him out because I don't want to see anything bad happen to Teddy anymore. But if Drew Locke plays, I cannot back the Broncos. I talked myself into it by Sunday. I said, what am I doing? The Raiders are not good. Why Why would I? You know, they run the ball. The Broncos run the ball. They'll play defense. They'll win the No. Drew Locke is not the guy, and I, I can't back him again. But I will say the one thing that worries me is the Chargers give out yards or running backs like it's Halloween. And it's uh, and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon might – this might be a game where both of them combine for buck 80, 200. I mean, so it's hard to take a team when you know that they can't stop the other team running the ball. I'll probably be on the Chargers, but not as confidently as I should be just because of run defense. Yeah, I think what you mentioned is probably well, I'll have the Broncos. I mean, people forget that the final score of the Chiefs – Broncos game was lopsided, but Denver had a huge yardage advantage in that game. There was, a, I think, a defense or special teams touchdown that the, the Chiefs got. But Denver was over 400 yards offense, and you know, Williams looked great that night. That was when he had the table to himself, and it's all the reason why I think he's going to be you – know, again, you're going to have to elbow people out of the way for Williams. It's not like he's yeah. any kind of secret. Uh, although I'm sure somebody will call him a sleeper. There'll be some article that calls him a sleeper. It's like, okay, Wait a yeah, second. Okay, Scott, real quick before we move on to the next game. We're sitting, me and you, co-owned team, we're sitting there with like the 10th pick, let's say. Javante Williams and Christian McCaffrey on the board, which one do you take? Assuming Melvin Gordon still goes somewhere else. Well, I know what will happen. We'll, we'll have the right answer on our lips and he'll go right before us like Jonathan Taylor did. We'll talk ourselves, uh, Williams is the right pick and then he'll go the pick before us and then we'll just hate life for the whole season. That's probably what will happen. What do you make of the Jaguars and the Patriots? Patriots are 15 and a half point favorites. The total is 41.5. You know, one of the most frustrating moments for me, I had Jacksonville last week as one of my five official picks. And the game could have gone either way. Fine. They have a late drive. They get to the goal line. 
they have plenty of time to run two plays, and there's Trevor Lawrence spiking the ball, <sighs> giving away a play, and then they run a horrible fourth down play. Where I, I think they did an illegal shift, or you know, the play was flagged on Jacksonville anyway. It wasn't successful. And so, yeah, okay, well, you know, it, it's you know what the funny thing is about that game. I didn't even think about this. is so crazy because it tells you I didn't watch it because I'm sure they talked about this all during the broadcast, but I didn't watch it intently anyway. Number one and number two quarterback. And, and you know, I don't know that – I think Lawrence will be fine when he washes off the stink of the coaching staff that he had to deal with. I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to be any good. I know he had the long touchdown run, but he averaged, you know, five and a half yards per attempt. He hasn't looked right at any point. If this – if we redrafted, where would these quarterbacks go? I, I mean, Lawrence probably go uh, one. Wilson would never go two, right? I mean, what's your what's kind of the state so, of the rookie would? quarterback right now? Who would go number two? I, honestly, Micah Parsons would go number two, and the Jets would say, we'll just draft a quarterback whenever. Like, we're not passing on this dude. I think maybe Justin Would the, would the Jaguars keep Minshew and, and just take Parsons? I, they might. You could. I, I like, that's the whole, like, elephant in a room type of deal right now. And I don't disagree with what you said, by the way. But it's almost like I, I talked about a lot about Sam Darnold this offseason. Whenever anybody backed Sam Darnold, whenever anybody stood on a table for Sam Darnold, it was always the same reason. Well, Adam Gase stinks. I get it. Adam Gase stinks. You know who else stinks? Sam Darnold stinks. Mm, yeah. And now everybody's doing the same with Trevor Lawrence. Everybody's talking about his rookie season. Well, Urban Meyer stinks. Yeah, I get that. He was a terrible head coach. But what has Trevor Lawrence done to prove that he's an NFL quarterback right now? And I, I like usually those Uber prospects do not miss. When you get to that level of prospect, you usually have a, at least a Matthew Stafford career, right? But I, I don't know, man. I, I'm. I, I'd like to see something out of Trevor Lawrence and I'm worried about him going into next year. Uh, and, and you're right. Like, I mean, where would the, I, I don't think Mac Jones would be a top three pick. I don't, I think he's just a product of being with a great coaching staff and a great environment. Nothing against Mac, but I, I don't think talent wise, he'd go in top three. I, I do. I think Micah Parsons probably be, I, I still think Trevor would be the first pick because of his, his prospect status. But I think second pick would be Micah Parsons. And I, I don't know who the second quarterback off the board would be. Maybe the great unknown of Trey Lance still. I, I, I I'm confused. I mean, this is a, this has not been the rookie class we expected. And in this game, Trevor gets Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick does great work against all rookie quarterbacks, and Trevor's not going to be any different. I, I hate to take a 15-and-a-half-point favorite, but I don't know how you get away from it. I don't know. I, I won't be betting a penny on this game, but in our pick em pools and all that, I'll probably have the Patriots just because it's so tough to take the Jaguars these days. Yeah, I'll probably lean New England, too, thinking it might be like a 27-3 final, something like that. Yeah. Let's take a look at the Buccaneers at Jets. Um, Bruce Arians on the COVID list. Not sure what his availability will be. Tom Brady, of course, you know, has a history of beating this New York Jets franchise, gets them at a good time. Tampa Bay as a road favorite, 13.5. At bed MGM, the total is 45.5. Uh, I hope Arians is okay. We all know he's had a lot of health issues through the years, and he's one of the guys you you just like in the NFL, right? He's, he's a cool guy. Hope Bruce is okay. As far as football goes, I think that the Bucks are kind of on. I don't think they're going to miss him, and that's not against Bruce Arians as a coach, but he's done a great job delegating. And I actually think this is a good opportunity for guys like Bowles, for guys like Leftwich to to kind of sit in the, the big chair, uh, so to speak, as they start to interview for more head coaching jobs. I think they're going to be just fine as a coaching aspect. Don't like anything about this Jets team. The Buc- I was against the Buccaneers last week. They had a ton of guys out, even like not just Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but it was JPP and it was Antoine Winfield. And I thought, hey, the Panthers can cover here, and they got the doors blown off them. Look, I... If, I don't like Antonio Brown. Like, nobody does. But the guy is one of probably the 10 best receivers I've ever seen, maybe five. 
he came back last week immediately, as you guys pointed out on the fantasy podcast yesterday, he immediately got him involved, immediately wanted to get him in good, good spirits. You know, Hey, you're back Antonio. Let's do this. I uh, got 10 catches for a hundred some yards. I think the same thing happens here. And Antonio has a blow up spot. Uh, you talk about a league winner. He could be a backdoor league winner if you held on to him. So I think a Buccaneers cover here. I, I hate, again, I hate taking double digit favorites, but how could I take the Jets? Yeah, I'm I'm of the same mind. Everything you said, I'm going to lean Tampa Bay. I just they're professionally run, and you know when when you have to miss a head coach, but you have the veteran type of foundation that Tampa Bay has, in addition to the job that Leftwich has done with Brady, I, I have to side with that. Also, the Jets could easily score ten points or fewer, and if, if you know that going in, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay's offensive lift isn't that big of a deal. Uh, the Eagles they played one bad half at New York, or I guess at Philly against New York, and then they they got together against the Giants in the second half against the Washington football team that did nothing right on Sunday night. Uh, the football team is catching four points at home. It's forty six point five on the over under. I mean, I lean Eagles, but I want to ask you something because this is something you've talked about with me that I've taken to heart. You are big on hey, if a team gets embarrassed in an effort sport, they usually come back the next week pretty strong. Do you think Washington's in that spot this time? Because you can't get embarrassed more than they did. I I mean, you gave up, like you said, 42 and a half. You guys got fighting on the sidelines. But their season's pretty much over, too. Like, what's their motivation here other than we got embarrassed, we're going to play hard against the Eagles? Where do you fall on? Does Washington bounce back, or are they just drawing dead right now? This is how I'm going to do this, okay? I'm going to basically call for a replay of the Philly Giants game where half halfway through we're like what's Philly doing they should be blowing these guys out why is this a tie game and then the second half Philly gets act together and, and you know basically kick the Giants out of the building okay I think I respect Rivera enough as a head coach that I think he can rally this team to make this game competitive for a while but eventually Philadelphia just has too much talent so I'm going to look into betting the WFT in the first half. You come to me for these first yeah. half picks, right? Did I did I steer you wrong last week with Pittsburgh? I did not. Yeah, the, so yeah, the first half. I'm telling you to bet WFT in the first half, and then uh, and then reevaluate from I there. That's my it. official real, angle. Real real quick before we move on to the next one. Not only has Jalen Hurts had the biggest gap between real life value and fantasy value. If you've actually owned Jalen Hurts this year, you know that for the first three quarters of every game, you're like, oh my god, he has four points. I'm going to get shut out a quarterback, and somehow, some way, in the fourth quarter, he comes alive and he ends up with 26. It's the most unbelievable, like, the high wire act every single week with Jalen Hurts, and but but he usually gets there. I guess maybe it takes a time for him to get comfortable, or, or maybe I don't know. He he gets the flow of the game works for him, but you, you see some teams that play well in their script. You see a lot of teams that, the other way, right? Their 15-play script is good, and then they don't have an answer once the team has seen all their plays. Right. You know, it's, like, it's like the the pitcher going through the lineup a second or third time. You've seen all the pitches and stuff like that. Could uh, be. It's been it's just been a weird roller coaster ride with Jalen Hurts. Like he always gets backlogged. there. Yeah, the fourth quarter is his quarter. There, but it's always like this. Like, oh, I'm going to lose this game because my quarterback's going to get it scored. Well, you go. Sounds like you're times. you're with me on WFT first half. So let's try to remember to bet that this week. The Giants. I have nothing good to say about the Giants. They're playing the Bears, who eh, at least they beat Seattle. The line's gone up to six. Uh, Chicago's favored over at BetMGM, and the total is 38. I'll keep this quick. I'm not taking the Giants rest of the year. And under a touchdown, I don't care who it is. The Bears aren't good, but whatever. Bears. Bears minus six easy. Yeah, I refuse. I, I'll If the Giants show up, this is the week the Giants choose to be a professional football outfit. Good for them. Um, I'll tip my cap to you. But I, I don't I don't want to bet the Giants. I don't want to start the Giants. I don't want to use the Giants. I, I would even use the Chicago defense if I was backed into a corner. So there's that. Uh, the plucky Lions, Dan Campbell. 
I think they're 10 and five against the number, even though they only yeah. have two and a half wins. That's amazing. Yeah. They're the only team with a losing record straight up that has a winning record against the spread. Right? So, um, and somebody said, why was Dan Campbell kicking that late field goal? And I said, look, it, you know, good teams win legends cover. <laughs> and Dan Campbell is a covering machine. Uh, now that covering machine is getting seven points against Seattle in Seattle. Um, was it co- cool to see the game in the snow? NFL should have a game in the snow every week. Last week it was at Seattle. Haven't seen the weather forecast yet. It's a 42.5 total. What do you think? Detroit, Seattle. I'll keep this one easy too. Lions. I, why? I, everything that's in play with what you just said is still. Look, there's some teams that hate their head coach. We, you could just tell watching them. The Matt Patricia Lions hated their head coach, and you couldn't really bet them late in the season because you know that they were just wanting to get away from him. I think that this Lions team is excited to play for Dan Campbell. I, I, I was such a skeptic about him, and I thought he was so corny coming in with the biting kneecap stuff and all that. But he has this team playing above its head just about every single week. Meanwhile, it's the Seahawks. Why would I take the Seahawks at this point? Russ still doesn't look right. Um, not to get back to my fantasy teams, but Russell Wilson, I, I have him in a key spot. I can't start him. I'm looking at any other option I can find because I just don't trust him right now. Uh, and, and so, therefore, why would I trust them minus seven against a team that plays hard every week? And Detroit even got over the Tim Boyle hurdle last week, right? I mean, they kept that game competitive. I, I thought they were one of the teams worst situated to have to play a backup quarterback, but you know St. Brown still had another monster game, and they easily Ooh, could have won. They got the cover anyway. You talk about league winner late, like backdoor league winner. I'm on St. Brown. If you have him, whew, good job. Yeah, he might have 85 or 90 catches when the season's over. What a player he is. And then finally, last and maybe least, uh, the Panthers. Cam Newton, you're not a quarterback wins guy, but man, every time Carolina starts Cam Newton, they seem to lose that football game. Maybe we'll see Sam Darnold as well. What has the platoon system ever worked in the NFL at quarterback? Never. They're playing the Saints. I'm, I'm not sure what their quarterback situation will be this week. Saints are seven-point favorites, and the total is a very scant 38. Uh, easy teaser, right? Uh, I mean, I assume some of the Saints quarterbacks are going to be back, right? Like, I, I assume either Taysom or even Trevor Simeon gives them some competency at that position. Their defense is legit. That is a really good defense. I'm just figuring some of the Saints guys are going to be back. It's probably not a game I'm going to do much with late in the week. This is a prime teaser game. Like, I, I mean, I, the Panthers are Man, they're bad. I, I'll take the Saints minus seven, but more importantly, I'll probably be teasing them everywhere I can. Let's go to conviction plays. You know I like the football team in the first half. You know I think Cincinnati was one of the plays I had circled. I'm going to be on the Cardinals. Frank, what are you pounding the table for this week? I'll take, uh, like I said, with the Bears, I'll take them teaser too. Uh, I'll tease the Saints. I, I know that's not what we're looking for. But even Bears minus six, I feel comfortable with that just because the Giants look like they, they're pulling a ripcord and want to get out of here. I do like the Texans. Uh, maybe I'll end up being wrong on that. But I, that's a, I just think that they keep that close no matter who plays. Uh, quarterback, Rams. Rams minus three and a half. I don't get that line. I really, really don't. Uh, Cardinals. I'll probably end up with them on the money line too just to see. Just to see how high that goes. And then I do like the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals are a live home dog. I, I, I'm really excited for that game. That game's easily, to me, the marquee game this week. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. For more betting advice across all the various sports with our man Frank Schwab and some of the other people we have over at Yahoo Sports, check out Yahoo Sportsbook Daily on your podcast platform of choice. Give it a review. Give it five stars. You'll be happy you checked out what's going on over there. If you're on Twitter, you can get social with us. Uh, Yahoo Schwab will get you to Frank. Scott underscore Pinesky will get you to me. And of course, for fantasy news analysis and hijinks, you hang out with Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, Matt and Dalton will be back tomorrow for Stat Nerd Thursday. Until then, for Frank, for producer John, I am Scott. Straight cash homie. Go pick some winners. 
week 17. We are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.